Welcome to Ye Can Do, a podcast about possibility. My name is Paula Thomas, and together with my co-host Bernie Kyo, we are on a mission every week to power new possibilities in our own lives and yours. Once a month, we'll be discussing a book that has helped us in a powerful way, and we'll share with you what we loved and learned from that author. So, if you'd like to learn how to yay can do your life, join us every month for our book review, and of course, every other week for our latest interviews and inspiration. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, I'm here with Paula for our book club episode. And for this episode of Yay Can Do, Paula has chosen The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra, which is a very small book, <laughs> which we were both delighted at because it's uh, something else on top of our busy lives to be reading a book every every month. And mm. um, when we do plenty of reading outside of that for, for various different roles and activities. And um, so, uh, Paula, the first thing I want to ask you is why this book? Why? What did you like about it so much? Thank you, Bernie. Yeah, I was really actually thrilled to reread this book because I know I said to you I'd read it maybe 10 years ago and it was a gift from somebody actually originally. Uh, but what I really love First of all, it is literally, as it says on the cover, one hour of wisdom. Um, and it's one thing to have a short book, but it's a, a totally different ball game to capture so much, to me, intelligence in such a succinct form. Now, there are seven, as it says on the cover, seven spiritual laws of success that Deepak Chopra talks about. Every single one of them resonates with me. And some of them I probably have, you know, bigger, you know, limiting beliefs in terms of how I practice them. So for me, rereading this book, I almost feel like, my God, I should read this every morning. Like, to me, it's that powerful, Bernie. And I'll be dying to hear what you thought, because I don't think you had any background or context. But I suppose one specific that I'll start with, and we've talked on this show lots of times about, you know, my affirmations and the processes and tools and things that I've experimented with in the past. But one of them really directly came from here. And I just wanted to quote that for people. And it's about this idea of being in silence and then introducing an intention so as you know, like I was practicing a lot and do regularly practice a lot with, you know, this, you know, manifestation um, idea that I want to create something new in my life. But it was Deepak Chopra who explained that, you know, it's almost like if your mind is extremely busy, there's no point trying to introduce a new idea or a new intention because your mind is in turmoil. So this idea of silence, and he said, it's literally like throwing a little stone into a still pond. And then if you introduce an intention, it has a powerful rippling effect. So to me, what I learned from this little tiny book, One Hour of Wisdom, was that there's no point having mantras and goals and ideas and visions if you don't first have the stillness. You're alluding to a practice that you do regularly, you know, and that you've said is, is very um has been very beneficial to you. I suppose I'll take it back a little bit just in terms of um, um, the, the book itself. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I loved it. And I think it is a book that you read again and again and again. And 
even daily. Um, yeah. Um, it's inherently soulful, mm-hmm. wise, spiritual, but very, very practical. Yeah. And, and I loved, and I always believe the spiritual is actually the most practical solution. Um, yeah. It's not airy fairy. And it's that combination of reaching into the soul and that sense of, you know, you've talked about each one of these, these, these laws um, resonating with you. Mm. And I, I think that it, it's perhaps because there's something inherently true about them. You know, totally. and 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 so our spirit responds to the the, the wisdom of it, which is contrary to mm. a lot of how we live today and how we perceive things. And 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 uh, so mm. so um, so I just want to say for the for the sake of anyone listening, what the what the seven um, yeah. the seven spiritual laws are, mm-hmm. and the, the first is the law of pure potentiality. Mm-hmm. The second is the law of giving and receiving. The third is the law of karma or cause and effect. Fourth, the law of least effort, which I know will be dear to your heart, Paula. (laughs) Fifth, the law of intention and desire. Uh, Sixth, the law of detachment. And seven, the law of dharma or purpose in life. So I'll just start off by saying the only thing that irked me about this book was that it was called The The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success Mm -hmm. because as opposed to, as you said, the seven spiritual laws of life, you know? Yeah. Because there, there is a little bit of the promise of do this and you'll have abundant wealth and you'll have everything you desire and have, you know, and, and so there's, you can sense that the desire to package this in a way which markets this effectively and to, to a, bigger audience you know mm-hmm. in terms of here's the secret to success and achieving everything and having everything that you ever desired you know and yeah. that's bull um but there's so much spirituality that it far outweighs you know any kind of marketing or positioning ar- around that you know yeah and um so there's you know I, I love the fact I mean I've written b- abundant notes here <laughs> so we could be here all day um but I thought there was wisdom in each law. And also I like the discussion at the beginning in terms of what success is. And um, he defines it as a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, material abundance is, is just one, you know, um, expression of it. But uh, success includes good health, energy, mm. enthusiasm for life, fulfilling relationships, creative freedom, and a sense of well-being. Mm. And success is the ability to fill our desires with effortless ease versus hard work and being at the expense of others. You know, yeah. so um, I, I like that expanded notion of success um, because yeah. I adhere to it. And um, mm. and and he talks about you know the continued expansion of happiness and the mm. progressive realization of worthy goals and and the laws will will talk a lot about you yeah. know what what is worthy I suppose and and, and what mm. isn't and uh, mm. so what what did you think of the uh, well the you're I- absolutely right that yeah the, the the definition in the introduction is probably the most appealing part where he literally says in spiritual terms success is measured by how efficiently and how effortlessly we co-create with the universe so 
that to me is wonderful. And I was saying to you before we came on air, I feel a lot of hard work and struggle in my professional life at the moment. So, you know, to to go back to these basics of, you know, there is an opportunity to work effortlessly. And again, we've alluded in the past to, to, to different things we've both worked on that felt more effortless. So I love the idea that, you know, when we think about the extraordinary universe that we exist in, there is no sense of struggle when you look at a tree growing or planets, you know, spinning around each other. So how can we tap into that idea of effortlessness? And even before that, actually, as well, um, or maybe it's actually in the first law of pure potentiality, it feels very yay can do because it literally says that potentiality is the field of all possibilities. And because our tagline is powering possibility, then I love this idea that we're living in a universe which is pure potentiality. It's ready to be made from unmanifest to manifest. And we are here to actually allow that and create it like we are creative beings. So so I guess definitely the effortlessness is, is something that's very close to my heart. Um, and again, I'll be going back to his, you know, you know, guidelines on how to achieve that feeling because I'm not yes. feeling it right now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's timely, timely intervention reading this book. Totally. Um, yeah, he talks about the fact, you know, in every seed lies the promise of a forest, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I really, really love that. And, and I think that expresses that sense of manifest potentiality, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the emphasis that he, he puts on being yeah. versus doing. Yeah. silence and stillness and being yeah. in nature yeah and he talks about this notion of wherever you go in the midst of activity carry your stillness within you mm. then the chaotic activity around you will never overshadow your access to this field of pure potentiality yeah. and what he's talking about there is you know in our being and in silence and in stillness it's accessing what he would call our inner spirit Mm -hmm. um, with a capital S, you know, or mm -hmm. the self, you know, yeah. the self that observes, which we've talked about in, in psychosynthesis and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And, or, you know, or others would refer to as, a, as that higher power within, but that within, which is connected to all mm -hmm. that energy and mm -hmm. all that manifest potentiality in the, in the universe. And um, so I know that any time that I do pause, that I do take that time in the morning to mm. reflect for some people to be mindful or would be to meditate or, but it's just to be sometimes and listen and act, you know, be present to, to the moment. Um, yeah. Then it does feel that you're accessing a field of, of, of potentiality mm. and wisdom that can yield, you know, ideas or solutions, whatever that, that simply aren't available to us in the freneticism of yeah, daily activity and, and running around working and, and all the rest. Yeah. And I do love that piece about how to access it in a way that I think, you know, there, there's three distinct ways that you've just mentioned there. And I do think meditation, again, as I said, is something that when I practice, I, I feel the benefits and yet I still struggle with it. But when it's sometimes, you know, if it's if it's considered as stillness and if I if my intention is stillness, then, you know, I'm probably doing less and, and less trying again, less effort. And it's much more of a relaxing into stillness. 
And then the other, the third way in, if I call it that way, is nature. So when I think about the resistance, particularly, you know, I guess in the Western world, perhaps with things like like meditation, everyone can access stillness. Everyone can appreciate it. And I do think nature is one, again, that we all benefit and and experience as soon as we give ourselves the time to to be there so i think he takes away the um the difficulties and the um resistance by by just you know giving us those three different ways to to access these potentialities yes and can i ask you paula you know the importance say of nature and being in nature and yeah. i know you love nature and yet you're living in dubai yeah <laughs> so yeah. How do you access, uh, what's the role of nature in your life at the moment, living in a big city like that? I know there's the sea, yeah. and but, you know, do you miss it? Do you access it in, in, in Dubai? How, how do you? It's a good question. That closeness to nature. I, I really miss it. I really do. It's a palpable feeling. I think mm. most people who live here for any number of years would say the same. It's probably the reason that, you know, when I was, you know, footloose, fancy free and single and whatever, that I did leave Dubai for two whole months. As you know, I went off to Bali, I went off to Croatia. So it's almost like feeding my soul to try and reconnect with these um, beautiful places. So, you know, the short answer right now is, you know, yes, we do a little bit of going out into the mountains, for example, but mm. um, that that's definitely not enough. And I don't feel enough uh, access to wildness. So I'm lucky to be able to go on holidays. I went to Sri Lanka, for example, and that very much is my soul almost gasping to, to reconnect with nature once we kind of got to where we were staying, you know, and, and, and that's why we chose it was that exact feeding of the soul. So yeah, there, there isn't enough opportunity to do that here. As you said, there is the ocean. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do wish I had access to more of it, but yet I just choose to live here because it has so many other incredible blessings. Uh, mm. For me, the, the energy of this place uh, does feed my soul in other ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good point. But yeah. nature, certainly when I get home, I, I nearly always try and go up, you know, my local hill. I'm not allowed to call it a mountain when I'm, you know, married to a Swiss yeah. man. <laughs> but <laughs> the Hellfire Club is is obviously just a bump in the <laughs> in the road to Dublin, kind of. Uh, but yeah, that's my I'm, I'm craving that when I do get home. Yeah, I mean, my experience of lockdown and COVID um, fundamentally changed my relationship with nature. I would say that nature was always very important to me. But mm. like you, having lived in Paris for six years, I know I love Paris. Yeah. And but I craved while I was there access to the sea and to mountains and to you know um so living in that is I think has become essential to me um and even the fact that so with some a couple of friends we've decided to go a couple of mornings a week to get back to our habit which we had in COVID during the summer of meeting early for an early morning swim Mm. a sea swim and then um having a coffee and then you know rocking up back home and it's still only 8 15 a.m it's it's just fantastic wow and but just that 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 immersion in in the water and in nature um it just writes everything. It just connects me to my soul again, you know, and uh, to, yeah. to nature, to that life energy. And when you've got that balance with 
the, the freneticism or, or the, the busyness, I would say, I don't exaggerate, of, of working life and, and life's life. It's a, it's a fantastic um, balancing, you know, tool or yeah. feeling. It's, it's just, for me, it's become essential. And I find being outdoors intoxicating. Mm, exactly. You know, yeah. intoxicating. Yeah. And um, I really believe we're meant to be outdoors, or at least I am. Yeah. Anyway. Back yes, to book. <laughs> back to the book. No, but as yeah. we said, it, it's a way in to access um, uh, your inner self without overthinking it, without trying to meditate, without trying to be still. It is another way into that sense of self. So that's that's exactly, I think, why it why it feeds your soul so much. And 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 utter, you know, in the momentness presentism. Exactly. Like I'll give you an example, Paula. Last uh, Thursday, a very busy day. And I had just with meetings back to back. So I've experienced the last few weeks um, because of the new job, back to back Zoom meetings. And I was exhausted by Thursday and I was due to go racing and sailing um, with Mm. with the with the Georgettes um, Mm. in the J80 uh, because there's racing on every Thursday. And I, I knew we were more than in numbers than usual. So I just texted and said, look, you know, thank you, maybe bailing. Mm. Um, do you need me? And the girls came back and said, look, if you really don't want to come, don't. But we could really do with your weight because it's very windy. Oh. <laughs> so um, so that was fine. I said, no, I'm coming because I'd committed to it. And, yeah. uh, um, and I went down and, oh, my God, it was exactly what I needed. You know, a couple of hours racing on the water wow. with fabulous women, great crack and followed by a lovely barbecue afterwards. And it changed everything. You know? Yeah, but but what is so powerful about that is when you're you know crewing and racing and and you know you are completely in the moment, yeah. and but and 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 the mindfulness of that, it just acts as a powerful antidote to the the freneticism of overthinking or you know being being yeah um, yeah scattered um from being pulled in different directions and, and with different things. So um mm. so I actually realized that just by doing that and maintaining or investing in even some more mm. of my outdoor activities and pursuits, et cetera. That's mm. all I have to do to keep my balance. Amazing. Amazing. And, but I need when the, the shit hits the fan, I yeah. need to make sure I yeah. do that and not let it go. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm listening to another voice that's just tired at the end of the day. It's a completely different form of energy. For sure, for sure. Mm. And while I don't have the nature in the same way you do in terms of that, that, that love and, and you know, um, hunger for it all of the time, what I do find is now that I'm back in my dance lessons, that is a way to get out of my head into my body and to be fully present because I can't think about the email when I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to be elegant and flow. And, and so to me, again, there are so many millions of little ways the universe gives us to be present and it'll be different for every human being. And that to me is the joy of finding dance going, okay, that's my way to connect to being present and to get out of my head. So yeah, I think there's plenty of, you know, ways for everyone. You're you're absolutely right. And actually, I think the notion of being present to versus I have to be mindful, yeah, you know, or I have to meditate, it yeah. takes a whole load of pressure off. 
Totally. It's like pay attention to the present, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and even Enjoy. yesterday I was walking yeah. the, Archie, my dog, mm. and I realized halfway around stomping around the field that I, I had completely, you know, walked by this absolutely resplendent oak tree wow. um, in, in the middle of the field. And I hadn't even seen it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. stopped and looked at it and went, oh, my God, you know, you're yeah. magnificent and just, you know, appreciate it. So I think, you know, yeah, less about, you know, I must be mindful. I must mm. meditate. I must learn these techniques. <laughs> Forget it. You know, it's just try to bring your attention to what is yeah. in, in for a few moments. Exactly. As often as possible. Numerous times per day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Okay, so what about the second law, Bernie? The law of giving and receiving. Um, oh, I, love I love this it. idea. Yeah, it's because great. I say this every time I read a law. I was like, oh, I love this one, and then I went on to the next one. I was like, oh totally. my god, I love this one. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll say what he says about it. You know, the int- so everything in the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Every relationships are ones of give and take because giving and receiving are different aspects of the flow of energy in the universe. Yeah. And um, the intention behind giving and receiving is the most important thing. When the act of giving is joyful, when it is unconditional and from the heart, then the energy behind the giving increases many times over. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the law of giving and receiving is simple. If you want love, learn to give love. If you want attention and appreciation, learn to give attention and appreciation. If you want material affluence, help others to become material affluent. So, you know, if you want to be blessed with all the good things in life, learn to silently bless everyone else with all the good things in life. I, I yeah. just love this. I, just, yeah. I mean, it's very 12 step. Okay. You know, it's very thinking. Yeah. Very, when they say, well, that's, they're all, you know, aligned spiritual totally interconnected. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. totally. So it's, it's, um, and it's, I, I love the, the, the notion of this. Yeah. And I, I call that being in the flow of love, you know, just mm. getting on the, the, the highway to love. And, yeah. and I can tell when I'm in the highway to love and when I'm on another, the, high, the <laughs> ego highway, you know. Totally. So what did you think of this one? It, I, I, again, I, I really love it. And it's probably one that I, I'm m- most clear on, not that I practice it all of the time. But I've said to you before, again, on a, on a previous show, you know, I remember setting an intention, you know, when I was saying you know, for the universe to bring me somebody I could love um, rather than someone to love me. So so to me, that exactly proves the point. You know, when I flipped it around to, you know, give me somebody that I can be loving to, that's when the results showed up that I was actually looking for. So, yeah, it's um, very powerful. And I think Gandhi's the other um, famous guy who talks about, you know, um, really being the change that you want to see in the world. Mm. So I think it's very powerful, as you said, very universal. Um, and what I really liked is, you know, even if you're, you know, doing the giving, but, you know, you're doing it begrudgingly, then unfortunately, actually, you're missing the point. So the whole idea is that it has to be joyful. So I think, you know, sometimes people very, you know, we might give money to charity or we might be doing things because, again, we, we feel like we should be doing that um, and we're doing it maybe to make ourselves feel good. But if there's no joy behind it, then actually you're not really giving with the full spirit and the full sense. So, yeah, I want to do that. And even actually I thought about it last year when I was starting to think about hiring people, I was like, 
well, if the company's making money, it's not just for me. It's for pe- me to give people jobs, actually. Oh, you know? I love that. Yeah. 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 So so genuinely, you know, I don't resent paying salaries. I want people to feel well paid and all of that. So again, it's the the giving and receiving, you know, the company will benefit as long as the people working for it are all feeling affluent, you know, for themselves. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that notion. There was one concept within that a little chapter um, where he said there is nothing you lack because your essential nature is one of pure possibility and infinite possibilities and I really think there's a powerful thought in there um, Mm. and truism and I think that when I connect for example with my inner spirit or my inner self and really connect then I don't really need anything, you know, I'm not lacking. And yet I, I, I believe that most of us do think that we are lacking in something. We're always in pursuit yeah. of achievement or trying to, you know, fill a hole, you know. And it's for me, it's often like one of the big I suppose, moments in my life and related to my recovery from my addiction, I suppose, to to certain food substances Um was when I realized that, you know, that I had almost like a hole in the soul that I was mm. trying to fill with chocolate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And no, no, as I say, no amount of Maltesers <laughs> was ever going to fill that hole, you know? Yeah. And, and what I needed was more connection with yeah. myself and yeah. more nature, uh, you know, more stillness. And, and more loving connection with with human beings, you know. So I just love that. I really want to kind of reflect on that. There is nothing that I lack. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's massive, isn't it? It's, if you really think about the implications of that. And and there's others that say that to me in different ways. But you're yeah. absolutely right that the, the power of being perfectly okay. And at the same time, having intentions, like there, there's no conflict between those. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking Abs- about that a lot more yeah, as well. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's like, he's, he says none of this runs contrary to having worthy yeah. goals. Totally. And going after them, you know. Totally. So, uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So he just says, can I just say, he just said three recommendations that he makes, you know. Yeah. Give a gift to everyone you encounter be it a compliment, a flower or a prayer. And he talks about in his culture, like no one would ever go to a house without a gift. And I have to say that, um, you know, as you know, I'm in quite um, an international community and Mm. French community, and they're wonderful at giving gifts and small gifts, whether it's just plucked a flower from the garden or, and it's really joyful. It's really joyful. And I try to do the same thing now for just for the pure joy of, of giving, you know, and yeah. seeing, you know, that had that received, but it doesn't have to be an object or cost money. Yeah. And then gratefully receive every gift that life offers you. Yeah. Um, and and because he talks about, you know, that life gifts us so many things. Mm. And um to just notice those and be grateful for it. And then silently wish everyone you encounter happiness, joy, and laughter. Mm. And I just thought, wow. <laughs> how much good energy will we yeah. be putting out into the world if we were all doing this to you know with each other okay. totally yes yeah I think there'd be uh, far less war and strife in the world for yes. sure Definitely. yeah 
Um, the next one then, the law of karma or cause and effect. Um, what you sow, you reap, again, feels super simple, feels totally obvious. What was my favorite part? I underlined uh, something here. Yeah, my favorite part about this was, I guess, tapping into maybe almost intuition because it talks about there are consequences to choices, but that the heart always knows the correct answer. So that that's the the idea. So, you know, rather than using maybe our head all of the time to judge, you know, what to do in a certain situation, actually tapping into the heart because it literally has infinite organizing power, takes everything into account, totally intuitive, will absolutely guide you to a win-win orientation. So, you know, when I think oh, about karma, it can be a little bit scary sometimes, but actually, you know, the, the wisdom is there if we just pay attention to it. Yeah, it's I love this um the the notion of the heart being win-win and that you know that if we listen to the heart, although the answer may not seem rational, the far the heart is far more accurate than anything within the realm of rational thought. And I think that's a core idea, you know, is that this is actually what he's advocating through the laws here is a way to access a power far greater and an energy far greater and far more life-giving and nourishing than um than than what our thought can even imagine or or permit. Totally. Yeah. And um so yeah, no, I totally agree with you that and I love that the way he says um if I listen to the heart there is always one choice which will create maximum happiness for you and those around you it nourishes you and everyone else who is influenced by that action and I think that's um that's been my experience when I'm in a dilemma of what to do um, and make around a certain choice that involves myself and other people. I think mm. it's a wonderful guideline to go, okay, if I look at it from, you know, the, who, how did the majority here benefit the most as opposed yeah. to just myself and my will and what I want out of the, the, the yeah. situation, then I'm usually guided into a better scenario. That doesn't mean, by the way, that I always make that right decision because um, I <laughs> ain't you no not saint, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but, but it's, um, it's a, it's a wonderful guide. And even for me, who I'm quite, um, um, I live a full life, um, and, um, I have many decisions to make um, because even socially um, I'm in different clubs and different, you know, different friend groups and, and, and all of that. And so um, I can be impulsive and say yes to things and without, you know, giving myself time to think, you know, well, how does it fit and have the time even, you know, to do this? Yeah. And uh, um, so I like this practically. I think this has some um, some, you know, easy way for me to kind of take the pause you know as I said and and just go think about what does you know who's impacted by this decision you know and and uh, mm. um and, and tune into that that's inner self and and ask myself right you know mm. what are the consequences of this decision and who who's going to benefit and, and do I even benefit from saying yeah. yes or pursuing this path you know yeah exactly what is the right thing to do yeah for for all concerned yeah it's a yeah. lovely yeah. way of thinking yeah. yeah um the next one's probably my favorite as we've talked about before the law <laughs> of least effort Bernie tell me and actually, before you you comment, to me, this is when you made that uh, wonderful point about I have everything I need. Mm. To me, that comes through in this law, because literally what he says is, you know, in this moment, accept things as they are. 
You can intend for things to be different, but in this moment, accept things as they are. So again, I have everything I need, you know, just accept as they are. And, you know, I, I really like that, you know, so it's that kind of idea of intention, but acceptance. Um, and, you know, if that brings about, for example, he talks about practice defenselessness, because I remember on a coaching program once them teaching us that actually human beings, the human mind very often jumps to be right. Like our, our default is often I want to be right. I want to convince people. I want to, you know, discuss things and I often feel right in my view of how things should be. But actually, you know, um, you know, just relinquish the need to be right is so much easier. Um, just let it be what it is. Don't need to convince anybody of my view on everything. And then probably the mind is more open. Um, so yeah, feels like a more effortless way of living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's very powerful ideas in this, you know? Yeah. Um, he says, you know, that nature, you know, this nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease, with carefreeness, harmony, and love. Yeah. And when we observe nature at work, we see the least effort is expended. Uh, grass doesn't try to grow. It just grows, you know, and this is our intrinsic nature, too. And uh, yeah, I, you know, he says when least effort is expended, when our actions are motivated by love, because nature is held together by the energy of love. Yeah. And when we seek power and control over people, we spend energy in a wasteful way mm. and we waste our energy chasing the illusion of happiness instead of enjoying happiness in the moment and yeah. as a true thing ever been said you know totally, totally. Uh, you know we've lost the point in the pursuit you know yeah. um we we deny ourselves the very happiness that we could access or yeah. feel just by being still and present you know yeah. um, uh you know and uh so I mean there was so much in this Paula um and as you said it's around that acceptance you know to mm. accept people situation and events as they are not yeah. as you wish they are in the moment um because when you struggle against this moment you struggle against the entire universe and this this means that you know so there's some immense ideas and I really do try to live like this and mm. um, because I've been taught it through, you know, another philosophy. Mm. Um, so accepting people, situations and events as they are. And this is not easy to do. Yeah, this totally. Is, especially when it comes to people in our lives and important people in our lives that we, yeah. you know, want to be a certain way or try to, you know, want to change for, for us. But when we do accept it, the struggle is gone. You know, totally. it's, it's just, it's, you know, what is, is we can't fight that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then the emphasis back on ourselves, you know, and uh, mm. the responsibility, take responsibility for your situation yeah. and all the events you see as problems. And, and he says they are, you know, and don't blame anyone or yourself, you know, on, for a situation. Responsibility, he says, means the ability to have a creative response to the situation as it is now. And all problems contain the seeds of opportunity. And mm. Frankel, you know, would have talked about this a lot. And uh, so yeah. I just think it's a wonderful, creative way to see uh, challenge and, 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 mm. and, you know, and, and momentary difficulties and, um to, mm. to think of how can I, to see what my response is. So as you know, I'm really, really big on feeling what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and allowing that to be and not judging it. Yeah. And in order to uh, process it healthily, you know, so that it's released mm. then, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like the, in, in, 
in no sense should this be taken as, you know, something, you know, I have an accident, I shouldn't be angry about it, or, you know, I didn't get the the work opportunity or I got it. And then <laughs> I was told it wasn't going ahead. I can't be upset about that. But it's just to accept that in a non mm. this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. And then, but how can I see this differently? Or is there a creative response? And to trust also that maybe it's happening um, for the right reasons, you know, to trust the universe is operating in a way which I don't understand, but is probably good for me, you know? Yeah. So, um, so what do you think of that in terms of seeing, a, having a creative response, except, I mean, I know you've talked about accepting, but having that creative response to challenge. Well, I think there's genius in that. I think when I am, let's say, detached from the spiritual side of myself, I can often feel that life is hard. And that Mm. right there is my judgment saying life is hard rather than going, I'm resisting, I'm upset, I'm whatever. Okay, let me just accept this moment as it is and move on and choose another perspective. So I do think it's incredibly powerful. Life is not hard. I choose to (laughs) resist it uh, on plenty of occasions. So again, a good reminder this morning, having reread this like two weeks ago in preparation for this recording this morning, I was just like going, oh, I just want to read it one more time. So definitely. Yeah, I've read this twice already. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it's going to be like the one to keep, you know, almost in the handbag, the pocketbook where if I happen to be in a difficult situation, I can open and flick to a page and go, oh yeah, law of least effort. How am I practicing that in this moment? You know, super easy to access. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I don't think there should be any judgment around struggling in a situation or, you know, that's, 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 maybe a natural response to to what's going on. But the spiritual um, practice is to say, you know, while allowing it to be, acknowledging it without judgment to say, okay, even to invite the universe to help you see this in a different way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. to, to, to know that this will pass. And maybe I, I kind of see it practically as, OK, I'm wearing a certain type of sunglasses, which is tinting how I'm <laughs> viewing things today. And, yeah. You know, and, and that's OK. But maybe later or tomorrow I can put on a different pair of sunglasses or take yeah. off the sunglasses and I'll see things different. So I often just ask, mm. you know, pray for for help me see things this in a different way or, you know, help me see things differently. But Lovely. Just yeah. before we move on, I, I do want to say that I believe, and you've, you've alluded to it already about the, to practice defensiveness. I think that is a revolutionary idea. Yeah. Um, and this is what Carl Rogers was banging on about, you know, on becoming um, a, a person when he was saying, if we, if we can detach ourselves from the need that others validate our points of view and our perspective. Totally. Um, because that's yeah. what, what, you know, in that need is, is the essence of, you know, externally locating our, 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 um, you know, our self-esteem or, you know, we can, you know, we're, we're, we're giving our power away in the, in yeah. the need to have others validate our opinions. Now it's fantastic when they do, you know, cause that sense of creating, totally. here's my, <laughs> here's my tribe, here's I'm my right. soulmate, here's yeah. my, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a lovely feeling when that happens, but to be detached from that. Mm. Oh God, I've moved on to another. Yeah. <laughs> I've moved on to low detachment. Yeah. Anyway, but they're all I love connected. that point about practicing defenselessness, you know, exactly. relinquishing the need to convince others of your point of view so yes. you can express your point. But in, in doing so, you can allow others 
to have their point of view and totally. not be challenged by it. Yeah. So, you know, and, yeah. and so I, lo- I do love that point, you know. So anyway, yeah. let's move on. Sorry. I'm no, no, but you're absolutely you. right. You know, the amount of energy that we waste by by justifying, proving, arguing and this idea of needing to be right or needing to be in control is the very opposite of this law, which is the law of least effort. So yeah. I definitely, uh, as I said, want to keep reminding myself of that one. Um, then tell me, what do you think on the one, the law of an in, of intention and desire? I love this one. So this probably, again, feeds into my, you know, manifesting techniques and how I, I like, you know, th- this idea that I do have the ability to be creative. So things like, for example, um, the two key words, I think, for me in this one are attention and intention. So attention energizes and intention transforms. So you know, it's just like the power of the human mind, you know, to have a conscious intention. He said you can literally command the power of nature to fulfill our dreams and desires. We do need to talk about attachment, but that's the next law. But what do you think about this one about, you know, having intentions and desires? I fundamentally uh, believe in this. And I this is the one that I probably practice or try to practice the most mm-hmm. in my life um the past the past few years um and 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 because i have learned to um try to detach myself from an an outcome okay mm. i'm not saying i achieve this 100% of the time but i mm-hmm. absolutely try to live live like this so he says the intention is the real power behind desire because it is desire without attachment to the 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 outcome he says desire in most people is attention with attachment to the outcome yeah so you know as opposed to intention Mm -hmm. and detach from the outcome but Mm -hmm. when we combine intention with detachment our Mm. intent is for the future while our intention is in the present and Mm. the present moment awareness is powerful because the future is created by our actions in in the present so i you know, so, I mean, yay can do is essentially about believing in, in possibility mm-hmm. and potentiality. Um, it's also um, a strong call to to embrace our humanity and mm-hmm. take action around the things that, that are important to us. And I think this 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 idea of acting on our desires is fundamentally important. Yeah. But when we detach from the outcome, so when the intention and the desire is worthy yeah. and we detach from the outcome, mm-hmm. then then the universe really, you know, is free to to create you know, solutions that, that, that I may not even have um, anticipated or had the imagination to, to think of. So, for, so for example, even if you take behind Ye Can Do, mm. we had a desire to, to do something creative and yeah. we had a desire to work together and we had, we had a desire to, to help people live with a sense of possibility mm-hmm. and belief in themselves and to, you know, certainly from my perspective anyway, to just maybe highlight some of the things which, you know, are just all part of being human and, and learning to embrace that as opposed and, and relinquish unrealistic expectations about from ourselves. And so that's the intention. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to release the the outcome of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really am, you know. Uh, 
for sure. And 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 again, he makes that its own separate law because that piece is is extremely separately important. Mm. So what I do like is he says, you know, the desires that we have, you know, you know, th- there should not be any guilt. Like these are coming from the divine, the same desires. So it's okay to have goals and dreams and whether that's material wealth or whatever. So that's totally fine to have those. As you said, we need to talk about detachment in detail, but specifically within this law, the, the intention and desire I suppose the other favorite phrase that I loved because it shows this determination, he says, this means holding our intention, our attention, pardon me. This means holding our attention to the intended outcome with such unbending purpose that we refuse to allow obstacles to consume our attention or to uh, dissipate the focused quality of our attention. This is the power of focused intention with detachment simultaneously. So I think that's genius because I think a lot of the time we see the obstacles, we worry about the obstacles, we focus on the obstacles and we don't actually kind of go, actually, I am going to achieve this result come hell or high water. That's obviously me paraphrasing. So actually, there's always a way past the obstacles. So set the intention, keep doing the best you can, but don't worry about the obstacles. There's always a way around them. So yeah, I think this, um, there's a lot of power in that idea that this is my intention and it's always possible because it's by, by nature a divine intention. Mm, mm. He says, remember your true nature is one of pure potentiality. You don't need to look at yourself through the eyes of the world or allow yourself to be influenced by the opinions of others. Yeah. Remain established in the awareness of your true self, Mm -hmm. which for me means connected to your true self. Carry the awareness of your spirit wherever you go. Yeah. Gently release your desires and the universe will orchestrate all the details for you. And I think that is practicing abundance. That is, you know, it's just if my intentions are, you know, worthy. Yeah. If um, I show up. Yeah. Take action. Yeah. You know, I can just release that. I mean, you, there is the part of taking action, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then just let the universe figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, as as I, you know, just point in case, and I don't labor the point because I made it in the, in the last episode, but, you know, when I stepped out of a career in recruitment and consultancy mm-hmm. and I wanted to follow more the coaching and then, you know, mm. um, train as a psychotherapist. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I never could have predicted that I would end up working in a charity whose very raison d'etre is yeah. to, you know, is mental health and emotional health, you know, of, of, of young people. It's Beautiful. just, yeah. you know, it's incredible. It's just, there you go. Universe conspires conspires for the greatest good for all concerned. So absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, your intentions. And just on the piece about worthy, you know, I sometimes worry what, what's a worthy goal. And I guess what I'm reflecting on is it's just that idea of it's worthy if it's for the greatest good of all concerned. So again, I'm happy to set an intention for wealth, for example, as long as everybody's, you know, growing in abundance rather than, you know, it's it's me making money out of somebody for for whatever reason. So so worthy goals. I don't want to feel like, you know, I have to be Mother Teresa because that's not my style. So yeah. yes, I, I'm just happy to have that, you know, as long as it's win-win, it's a worthy goal. So yeah. And it's linked as intention. well to it's linked yeah. as well, Paula, to your unique talents and what you have to offer the world. Yeah. which will, you know, yeah, benefit others, benefit 
um, others and, you know, that have certain needs. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not about being a holy Joe. It's not about. That's uh, totally my point. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. about we no. all have to save the world. We all, have to, you know, uh, yeah. we all like. I'm not going to be on my know. knees every day, you know. Exactly. You know. Yeah. We it's all have a, a very, you know, various uh, uh, personality types. We all have different types of energy. And not everyone is like the color green and just wants to work with people and help people. And, you know, totally. so like if you're a scientist and you've just come up with this solution to, you know, the mm. to COVID, then, yeah. you know, the, the, the vaccine to COVID, like, you know, that's you. Word. Anyway, yeah. I don't even want to because that sounds too noble as it is. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think we have to be. You can exactly. You know. It can be your personal intention. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the law of detachment. Again, he alluded to it a lot now already in the last chapter. This is definitely the one that I said to you. Um, I tend to struggle with the most mm. because you know the 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 dichotomy of having an intention and then releasing it. Um, you know, it's and actually he he quoted something beautiful in this chapter. He quotes a Rumi poem mm. which says, "I want to sing like birds sing, not worrying who listens or what they think." So if you can sing your song with that ap- attitude, you are participating in the law of detachment, and mm. nothing will stop the force of your intentions. So I love that. Um, yeah, the, the the freedom, the power, the joy of I know what I need to do. And actually, I'm not going to be worrying. I'm putting all that mental energy and anxiety into wondering what everybody else thinks about it because it is wasted at the end of the day. So detachment from outcome. Yeah, it's um, to me the most challenging. But I think that's, again, why this book, I keep getting drawn to it because I clearly need to le- uh, learn this one. Yeah. And I think this for me is the principle of surrender. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I I really do try to to practice this, although it's not always easy. Yeah. And I love the way he says, I love that quote by Rumi, you know, and he also says, relinquish your attachment to the known, step into the unknown and experience all the fun, mystery and magic of what may occur (laughs) in the field of possibilities. Now, doesn't that sound like inviting? Totally. And exciting and a wonderful yes. way to live, you yes. know, because we are, you know, no, like we're limited. We're obviously totally. can yeah. operate in, in, in a world of, of potentiality and, and infinite potentiality, et cetera. But, you know, I'm just me. Whereas yeah. if I can, you know, if, if, if the universe is working with me, um, yeah. there's far more exciting um adventures ahead I think you know so so yeah. I, I really do like this I have yeah. have as I said I've tried to practice it in the last few years and uh and yeah. it's it's just it is life-changing yeah. to surrender outcomes to to try and practice detachment now I don't achieve this in a permanent state on a daily basis in any yeah. shape or form yeah. but I know that if I'm in the thick of it and I'm upset or agitated or, you know, Mm. or worried or whatever that I am too attached to something. So I try to identify what's the attachment. What does this, this, this project, this person, this situation mean to me? Because, Mm. you know, we can load um, yeah, uh, into people, into situations, to events, a mm. whole load of meaning linked from our past, linked to our future aspirations. And I try to then deconstruct that. And then I understand what's actually going on. And I yeah. can see 
you know, that I have loaded that with a significance that it doesn't need to have. And then it's easier to step away, detach Mm. and let that go. And and just, you know, believe that as things are unfolding, they're unfolding for a purpose and in the right way. And Mm -hmm. I just need to step out of the way and let that unfold. And this is exactly why you're the person I I call when I have a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise. Thank you. uh, Words of wisdom, but you're absolutely right. And in his little kind of, again, three tools and techniques at the end of each chapter, which I think are really nice. Again, they're so succinct. Um, he makes that point again, uncertainty is an essential part of the experience. So I think, yes. you know, we're programmed for, we want certainty, we want to be in control, all of those illusions. But actually, when you say, well, actually, that just means we're living the same tired old life over and over again. I mean, where's the fun in that? So yeah, I think that really landed for me this time. It's essential to have uncertainty. So bring on the uncertainty universe. <laughs> yes, exactly. And an example I have, personally of 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 that is well, several years ago I realized that one of my biggest fears is um fear of financial insecurity yeah and that still is a fear but yes yeah I don't let it stop me now you know yeah. so when I realized that and realized that in fact the whole idea of security is illusionary Um, You know, because, yes, I can build up financial security, um, but so have many people and they've lost it. You know, Um, you just don't know what life's going to throw and, 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 you know, what random stuff is. So I'm not saying you can't pursue it to to a certain like financially responsible way. Yeah. But once I kind of realized that I was trying to chase something that, Mm. you know, wasn't possible. in terms of certainty and 100% guaranteed 100% of the time that that you know yeah permanent security um it freed me up to mm. to because that kind of thinking keeps people in jobs that they hate you know that kind of thinking keeps yeah. people you know working you know 60 70 hours weeks you know that or chasing the next hustle or the next uh the mm. next thing and it's all it's can it can be driven it can be driven by love of the hustle etc but it can also be driven by that you know i'm desperation I'm, I'm that desperation yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, and, and search for security but yeah. when you step outside of that and realize i don't really have any control i can take action yeah you know yeah i can set goals yeah i can you know absolutely all of that but i can't control the outcome I can't control people, events, situations, and 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 I can't achieve a permanent stage of security. Then that frees you up then to yeah. embrace uncertainty and yeah. to take risks and yeah. to you know to See leave jobs yeah. and to you know step into the unknown yeah. and 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 the mystery and magic of that. So you know it it really was helpful for me. A recognizing that fear, mm. B that I was chasing something I would never probably attain. Yeah. And then just stepping outside of that to go, there's other ways for me to be another, you know, mm. and live. Yeah. And I have a dating example actually for this law, Ooh, which I, I, I found, <laughs> you know, palpable. And I'm sure it was long before I read this book and was into maybe the spiritual world. But uh, I don't know if you remember, Bernie, but I did go speed dating one time. Now it feels like a hundred years ago, but it was actually hilarious, you know. So 
literally going into an environment where I'd been single for quite a few years. I'm going to say four or five years. And you're going into an environment of 200 people. but And I was going in with my dear friend, Anne. So, you know, because like I had been feeling probably the desperation, the neediness and everything for so long, I think I finally kind of went enough. Whatever happens, I am going to have a ball tonight. Like I literally remember thinking I that. that. And I went in and it was amazing. The guy, you know, I, I ticked like whatever, you know, yeses and noes didn't really matter. But one of the guys I ticked no to, his name is Stephen. He literally tracked me down afterwards. He said, I don't care what you put on that piece of paper. I want your phone number. And that was the most endearing. Step it up, boy, I love it. He totally <laughs> did. But he sensed that detachment. You know, I was yeah. there to have a great time. I had no expectation, fully detached. And we went out together for two years after that. Wow. So it was incredible. So I did kind of have a light bulb moment going, ah, yes, the neediness, that doesn't really, it's not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Sorry, that's not funny because um, well, well, you all know it, it. in that state, it's, it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I was mm. feeling a state of desperation and it's easy yeah. to look back and laugh, but Jesus, I remember it. It went on yeah, for a long time. Exactly. So, yeah. There you yeah. go. Well, that's detachment. a wonderful example. Love totally. detachments. Love Totally. Okay, we're coming up on on time, I would say, but the law of Dharma or purpose in life, Bernie, this is a big one. Tell me, what do you think about this uh, final spiritual law of success? I love this. I love the idea within it, don't you? You know, totally. Yeah. That everyone has a purpose in life, a unique purpose or special talent to give to others. And for every unique talent and expression of that talent, there is a unique need, you know, and that's essentially just celebrating the uniqueness of every human being and you know the belief that you know that in their very being they're they are a gift in themselves that others can 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 benefit from you know it actually reminds me (laughs) of being in school you know because I went to a secondary school that was um run uh, by the nuns, the Loretto nuns, and mm-hmm. uh, many of whom were fabulous. And um, but I remember being in religion class and being constantly told, you know, we're all special, we all have unique talents, you know. And you'd be looking <laughs> around the class, going, "Well, Mary can sing, you know. She's on the A team in hockey. Totally. She's getting eggs, no exams. <laughs> She's a brilliant, <laughs> bloody painter. And yeah, no, I." and she's gorgeous and you're like I don't think that we're all equal in that so you know sometimes that that feels like a stretch totally <laughs> but for the benefit of exactly right. more more on my shoulders I can see yeah absolutely that 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 is the case you know and uh yeah, yeah. and I, there's a lot of talk as we know in, in 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 the world at the moment about finding your purpose and yeah a lot of uh misappropriation of that for corporate purposes but um you know, I think it's a lovely expression of it. Exactly. My favorite words actually in this little chapter is, you know, we are literally divinity in disguise. Mm. So I think if we think of ourselves as divine beings, as you said, with a very specific reason that we were brought here for, even if it doesn't feel particularly clear at a particular time, there is a reason. So actually just, you know, show up, I guess it's back to, you know, be present, do the best you can in this moment and this gorgeous idea of how can I help all of those with whom I come in contact with? And if you ask, and there was a TV series I was watching, actually one of the hospital ones, I can't remember the name on Netflix, but the doctor, super gorgeous doctor, always had this gorgeous thing, how can I help? 
how can I help? And he was walking into a very stressful, you know, malfunctioning um, environment. And, you know, he didn't give a damn. Every time somebody came to him, you know, he didn't want problems. He just said, how can I help? Um, so I just love that idea that uh, if we take that perspective on life, I guess, yeah, we're here to, um, we are embodying and finding a purpose just by helping in whatever way that person in front of us needs us to help them in that moment. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. He says that the three come up, components to the law of dharma or purpose are one discover our true self which is to discover we are spiritual beings yeah two each of us is is a unique talent or has a unique talent which we are here to express and three we are here to serve our human beings with our talent and i don't think that necessarily means by working you know by totally. our work and um, it can be just yeah. be by our being and how we interact with people you know but yeah. I, I I love the the notion when he says discover our true self and to do so we discover that we are spiritual beings and I do think that that's our life's work is yeah. to really go within mm. and discover who we really are like who's behind all the internalized you know, values and conditions of worth and, you know, that we may have um, just mm. absorbed growing up and, and you know, uh, and who's really in there and, and, and what, what, what's, what's our true nature. And I believe to do so, we discover we are spiritual beings. And I think that's what, what's forgotten. Mm. Um, and, 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 and therefore, you know, when we pursue success, when we, you know, we're out there hustling, we're out there acquiring material things and we're acting maybe out of, you know, mm. ego and status driven and all of that. And um, we're trying to, as I said, fill this, 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 we're coming from maybe a place of lack mm-hmm. and we're trying to fill it mm. with the wrong things, Totally. you know, whereas yeah. this book prescribes the, the, you know, the right things, you know, in the being, in the yeah. silence, in the connection with nature, in the connection with each other. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just to nourish our spirits, you mm. know, that's, that's essential. Mm. You know, that's what, that's what I crave today. Beautiful. Yeah. And actually it's in the the little afterward, but I think it's exactly the same point. He literally says, we have stopped for a moment to encounter one another, to meet, to love, to share. If we share with caring, lightheartedness and love, we will create abundance and joy for one another. So exactly to your point, you know, our purpose in life is to be here and stop for a moment rather than, again, the big, you know, grand design plans that we might have about work or whatever else. Like, but yeah, this idea of being um, being present, being loving um, in the moment as the purpose uh, moment to moment. I just think then, yeah, as he says, the universe will support us spontaneously and you have the whole universe on your side. I mean, what's not to love? Exactly. Well said. Um, nice, a nice ending to the to this uh yeah episode, Paula. Um just so guys, highly recommend this book. It's a pocketbook, it's tiny, you mm. can read it in an hour, you know. Um yeah, and you'll just I think want to read it again and again. And actually, Paula, I don't know whether you've read it, I think, or did you recommend it to me? Um I'd love us to read just because it is so aligned, but mm-hmm. slightly more emphasis, I think, on on relationships and things like that. And um, I'd love us to read the four agreements next. 
I know it's a favourite of yours. I'm more than happy to do that, Bernie. Well, thanks, Paula. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Absolutely. And yay can do. Yay can do. 